Mark Zuckerberg, Elon Musk, one-on-one in the battle for your social media supremacy. What will we do? I don't know. But I do have a question. How do we celebrate uh, our country in the church? Like, do you get that question? Uh, Let's dive deep into it. Yo, DJ, hit the track. Welcome to another edition of Stefan and Friends. I am back. Last week we had uh, Canada Day here in the Great White North. So took the Monday off to do that. Happy to be here again. Happy to, to converse with the masses. Uh, as always, you can follow me with the IG, the Twitter machine, LinkedIn, right? You know where, you know where we be. And we're on threads now. We're on threads. You can follow me personally, and then uh, I don't know if the show will have a thread. I literally just say everything I would say. Uh, I don't feel the need to have like a separate account for the show yet. I feel like we're not, we're not, we're not there yet. <laughs> we're not at hey, you know, I need to need to be doing that, but maybe soon. But last week, um, last week was Canada Day. We celebrated Canada. We had a day off, July first. And in the States, July 4th was a couple days later, obviously, one, two, three, four. Um, and it was American Independence Day. And so big things gone in in North America. And I've always had this question because it, it, it pops up every year because we in, in different I'm in fa- Facebook groups, you know, different ministry groups and whatever, youth ministry, young adult ministry, worship, all those other things. And just you know you you get to this time of year and you see churches especially the bigger churches down in the states they have these elaborate like stage displays elaborate stage displays for their church because it's american independence and so there's a big sort of hey you got to do that you got to celebrate the the country and even you know sometimes here in canada we'll do that as well it's not really done as much i think i don't think but you know there are, there are parts here where we where people will do that and i think i need to to we need to have this conversation is there a place for for the worship of country in the church because that's what it really it really is it's the worship of the country it's the worship of of a place we live and i'm and i'm you know as a leader i'm always wondering like is this right i think one of the things as a leader that really that really sort of like perplexes me at times not perplexed perplex is not the wrong the right word but it's one of those things that I, like i'm always it's always in the back of my head like are we are we doing what we're supposed to be doing is this right in fact every year of ministry i take a time out and i just say lord is this like am, am i doing what i'm supposed to be doing am i where you need me to be am i am i what needs to develop in me better to lead people better, to lead the, the segment of people that I lead. Like, how do I do that better? I'm always like, 
you know, I'm always trying to be better at the leadership aspect. And I realize that we need to, you know, we always have to be asking those questions. And so the same question applies, like, is this something we need to be doing? Do we need to be like celebrating the country in our churches? Now, I know that, you know, sometimes we'll sing the anthem on Canada Day here, like, oh, Canada. And in America, you know, the Star Spangled Banner. Is that right, though? Like, is that is that a thing? Like, should that be a thing? I don't think it should be. I don't think it should be because as believers, guess what? This really isn't our home. We're just passing through. We're just passing through. And I think that when we get to these days, Independence Day and Canada Day here in Canada, we 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 take the time out to really focus more on a land that's temporary we're thankful that we for where we live but you know we don't need to worship we don't really even need to sing about it i get that these these anthems are were written that hymn style right like they have four verses but sorry they have four verses and and that's how they were written in that in those days but but to be honest i don't see it i don't i don't get it it's not it's not what we should be doing. It's not really a focus for us because this land is temporary. Like I said, we're just passing through. We're only here for a short stay and then we'll be in our real home with Jesus. Now, there's nothing wrong to be thankful for your country. There's nothing wrong to be thankful for where you live in. But then you got to look back and this is like, now I don't want to, I don't want to be, uh, no, lies. I'm going to probably be accused of being woke because that's what we do, right? Um, we we can't think anymore. I in, and I'll, oh boy, I'm gonna I'm gonna veer a little bit. I blame this on Donald Trump. We just speak in sound bites, like literally, people speak in sound bites. There's no real discussion anymore. I'm gonna veer a little bit further left, and that's a part of like you know some of the things I try to do on social is just hey, let's talk about these things. But we don't talk anymore. We can't talk. We can't talk on social media. We can't type. Listen, I get criticized. I'm going to veer even further left. I get criticized for for things on social media. And most people will just say, hey, you shouldn't do that. Or, hey, that's wrong. Or, hey, that's that. And they speak in these short little sound bites without actually having a conversation, like face to face. Sometimes I've posted on social media just for the conversation. I want to see where people's heads are at. I want to see what people are thinking. It helps me actually do a better job of reaching people if I understand the people I'm trying to reach. And social media is actually a great indicator of what's going on in people's heads. But throughout that, you realize that people only speak in sound bites. What do I mean by that is that the fact that people only say things that they've really heard from a soundbite. And so a lot of people will just say, you know, when we talk about something I'm about to bring up, oh, oh, you're being woke or you're being too woke. No, that's you're using that word wrong first. But second, you can't just accuse everybody of being woke because they disagree with you. That's the problem with with some of our political leanings today. Is that we're looking for people to validate our beliefs. Conservatives have drifted further right and so you know you're just looking for someone to validate your beliefs you're just looking and anybody who delineates from that anybody who deviates from that well they're they're a liberal or they're woke or they're a lefty can we not have like nuanced conversation 
And so when we talk about our country, when we talk about our countries, North America included, because I know I've got some American listeners. I know you're out there. When we talk about our countries, when we talk about celebrating our countries in the church, we have to be willing to take a hard step, a step back and take a hard look at the history of our countries. And have we done some of the work that's needed in the United States and in Canada? We have a bad history of how we've treated different groups of people. We, we do. Canada, we, we have a bad history of how we've treated indigenous and, and people and, and, you know, and Chinese people out west and how we've treated people throughout the years, which is very not good. America, same thing, how they treated black people, slavery, the divide between the south and the north. And, and so when we're taking the time to celebrate that, we're, we're, look, we're not taking the time to look back at history. We're not taking the time to look back and say, Lord, we need to be forgiven and not necessarily we, as in the people here today. One of my biggest pet peeves is that, like, we just apologize for stuff that, like, I, we didn't do. I didn't do it. Our church didn't do it. But we do need to take an honest look and say, listen, this is the history of us. But, Lord, would you help us to not repeat history but learn from it and help us to show people your true love. See, I believe that's the role of the church is to look at history and then try to uh, learn from it, not repeat it, and help people grow, help people love Jesus, remind people that Jesus is not the one who did all those things. People did plenty of things in Jesus' name, but they weren't right. And that, I think, is what the church needs to be doing. So I don't think we should be celebrating and worshiping our countries or our flags in church. I think we need to do a better job of understanding our history and helping people to move forward. Yes, our our country has a bad history with how we've treated people. But in 2023, we are going to move forward. We've not forgotten the past, but he makes all things new. Jesus makes all things new. And we can have new and right relationship with those groups of people. We can have new and right relationship with with different people and 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 share the gospel with them in a way that is a little bit better than how it was shared back in the day that's the first reason the second reason is i really just don't like why like i get it it's a holiday but you know our next holiday in canada we're not celebrating that that in the church we're not celebrating i think it's simcoe day we're not celebrating simcoe day in the church how many churches in the state celebrated Juneteenth? Right? Like the one holiday that I really think that we, there are two holidays really, that I think we need to, to pay attention to in the church that we need to focus on or three holidays, sorry, uh, Thanksgiving, Christmas and Easter. Those are our holidays. Like we, we Thanksgiving, what could be more Christian than Thanksgiving? We're thankful for what we've been blessed with. We're thankful for what the Lord has given us. We're thankful for all that's around us. We're thankful for family, for friends. Christmas, I believe that's very obvious. And Easter, again, I believe that's very obvious. Those are our holidays. And, and for, for, to, for, to me, anyway, those holidays make sense for us to, to give time and attention to. But I, don't, I like, again, the country, the flag. I don't know. No, I do know. I lied. I do know. Th- those, I don't feel like those things have the, the, a full place in our church. 
we're glad to have the day off. Lord, we thank you for, for where you have placed us. We thank you for this temporary home. Help us to be better and let's keep it moving. You want to have some, you know, Independence Day flag cookies in your church? Go for it. I think that this is a symptom of the Americanization of Christianity. I think it's a symptom of this this idea that we practice Christianity in an American sense. And here's what I mean by that. The worship of the military. Again, thankful for the people who say, listen, I feel like I'm called to serve our country in this capacity. I ain't doing it, but thankful that there are people who are willing to do it. Thankful that there are people who are willing to say, listen, I'm, I'm potentially laying my life on the line so that the place where I live can continue to be free. Like I'm, I'm like honored that there are people who do that. We don't need to worship them. This is going to sound terrible. We don't need to worship them. We can honor them. But the the highest order of worship belongs to to the Lord. The highest order of worship belongs to Christ. And so, you know, you walk into, and this is more mainly in America. Um, You go past some churches, you see a big U.S. flag, and, you know, the Pledge of Allegiance is recited before service and things like that. And you're just like, yeah, I don't know, man. What does that do for you? Like, does it really help you grow in relationship with Christ? And if it does, you need to explain to me how it does, because I ain't seeing it. How do we, as the church, how do we do a better job of, of honoring our countries? Well, I think we can we can regularly pray for our country. Imagine if you put, imagine this, ready for this? This is wild, because this will blow some people's mind. Imagine if instead of complaining about our president or prime minister, we actually spent the same amount of time praying for them. Right? Like, you know, those of us who who hate, you know, Trump or Trudeau or Biden or Polyevra, um, imagine if we spend a lot of time just praying for them. Pray for those who lead you. Imagine if we, we, we actually spent time asking our local MPs or our local MPPs, like, what what do you see in our community that we, the church, can address? You want to know how we can better honor our country is if we love the country the way God has called us to love it. If we can love the people of this country the way God has called us to love the people. That regardless of whatever political leanings they might have, regardless of, of who they vote for, regardless of what color flag politically is in their, you know, their bio, regardless of whatever flag is in their bio, what if we just love them? What if we became the people who showed them true love of Jesus, the people who show true justice? Let me go left a little bit. I I think that we often forget that we are called to show people the true ha- the true face of Jesus. Jesus didn't seemingly care about the the land that he lived in. What do I mean by that? Jesus, you didn't see Jesus really out here talking about, "Yo, we need to, you know, Worship the Romans, the flag. We got to take your. We got. Jesus rightfully honored them when it needed to be honored, right? Pay your taxes, give to Caesar what Caesar. And Jesus kept it pushing. Jesus kept it moving. That's our example. Now I'm not saying that we we don't, but I think that when we when we go overboard, 
I think we, we have a tendency to replace Jesus on the throne with, with our flag, with our country. Now, I could be completely off of my thing. I could be completely wrong in this. I think there, there, there needs to be the case made that, that our countries, like I said, our countries are just temporary spaces. Thank you, Lord, for it, but we're going to keep it pushing. I think that we can do a better job of loving our countries without making a ridiculous display of it. And this is more like what I see in like America and sometimes in Canada. But this is also in the same vein of like, you know, how do we as leaders lead people? How do we as leaders um, remind people that we have a greater call on our lives? We're not here to protest about, you know, the country being free or not, right? Like, we're not here to do that. We're here to show people the love of Jesus. We're here to show people who God truly is. We're here to show people that there is a better way to live in life. And that comes through the cross. That comes through Jesus. And while we're here in this country, we will love people. We will show people. We will recognize that our history isn't the best, but our future can be better. We're here to bridge the gap in people's lives between what what's missing and and what can be. All through Jesus. So listen, if I've said something that's offended you, you know where to reach me. <laughs> uh, you know where I'm at. Listen, let me, this is a shorter episode than, than I feel like, you know, some of y'all are used to, but I'm going to give you a couple, a short one today, come back with some heavy stuff uh, in the next couple of weeks, because here's what I feel like I have on the docket. I want to talk about uh, the, 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 the pastor, the leader and social media. That one might be explosive. Not too sure yet. Got to, I'm laying it out because I got some thoughts. I got some things to say, um, but we're going to talk about that. Then we're going to talk about, um, I'm, I got to tread this one carefully. Uh, want to look at, you know what? I'm not going to spoil that one. That one could be that one. I don't want to spoil that. Cause if I, if I say it out loud, you know, I, I have this thing, right? Like I'm very careful on who I say things to one. There are people who are not trustworthy. And so you tell them things and you're like, yo, I shouldn't have done that. So I don't, not saying that my audience isn't trustworthy, not saying that at all. Uh, but yeah, that next one I'm going to leave because I feel like I got a couple of people that I, I want to talk to about that one. So I'm going to leave that. But definitely going to talk about social media, ministry, and leadership. And it, and it actually is great because we have threads out now. Thank you, Mark Zuckerberg. And so, like, how much is too much? You think about it. Like, when threads came out, I'm on threads. I'm on Twitter. I'm on TikTok. I got the Be Real going. I got the Instagram, the Facebook the the LinkedIn, which isn't really social media, but it kind of is. So how much is too much? And where do we as leaders fit into that? And then how what do we like, what do we post? What do we say? So I'm not going to give it away too early. I'm not going to give away the whole, the whole kit and caboodle right now. But that is on the docket. That is coming up. And then might be the end of the solo edition. The loner editions of Stefan and Friends might be coming to an end. We've got some people. 
and we've got some conversations lined up. So looking forward to that. Listen, thanks for thanks for joining us, joining me on this conversation. If I've said something that's like off, you want to have this conversation a little further, you know where to hit me up. The Substack is where you can leave comments. You can send me a Facebook message, an Instagram message, a Threads message, a TikTok message. I'm still on Twitter until Elon blows it up, right? Find me there. You can good old-fashioned email me. You can send me a text if you've got the number. Let's talk about it. Thanks for joining me. Once again, appreciate you. This has been Stefan and Friends, the Loner Edition. Hey, if you have been uh, tracking with me on Instagram, I've been reading this book. In fact, let's do a book review here on the post on the, 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 you know, the last segment of the show. I call this like the post credits Avenger scene. If you stick around, you get something good at the end. I'm hoping this is good. But if you've been tracking with me on Instagram, I've been reading this book called Leadership Pain by Sam Chan. It is probably i think one of the best books i've ever written or written <laughs> i haven't written a book um but ever i've read for for a leader um because it man guys i i promise you this if you go pick this book up and you read it it is it is phenomenal it is tremendous i i'm i loved every chapter of this book i i read it slowly because there's so much in there and you take the time to go through it and read it and you contemplate things. And one of the things is that about this book specifically is that we as leaders, we will go through pain like this. It's a guaranteed if you want to lead, you're going to go through pain. He writes pain is a part of progress. Anything that grows experiences some pain. And if I avoid all pain, I'm avoiding growth. Man, I, I, in leadership 14 years, there, there have been pain. There's been pains. There's the pain of, of you know, of betrayal of friends. There's the pain of, of being overlooked. There's the pain of, of so many different things that comes our way. But we can only, only, only lead to the capacity of the pain that we have. And some of us are called to carry more pain at times than others. Some of us are called to experience more pain at times than others. Right? We go through difficulties. He writes, difficulties are God's curriculum for those who want to excel. Like, we want to excel as leaders, right? This is leadership. And we want to be better leaders. So to be a good leader, you're going to go through some difficulties. You're going to go through some pain. You're going to go through things. And you read this book. And you read some stories of people who've gone through some stuff, church planters and and pastors and 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 you know business leaders. And you're like, man. But as you read their story, you realize that on the other end of it, they come out and God was taking care of them. And that's also a reminder that we'll go through some we'll go through some pain, but we'll come out of it better especially when we trust God. And as we go through pain, we learn how to handle it. We learn how to deal with it. 
we recognize that, you know, we'll go through pain and it hurts the first time. And then we'll go through something similar and we'll be able to look back and be like, yeah, you know what? Light work went through this before God took care of it. Robert Clinton, he writes, never trust a leader who doesn't walk with a limp. The leaders who go, who go through, who lead and they, they don't have that limp. They don't have that, that sort of, you know, hurt, something that's hurt them something that whatever like those are the leaders who, who you know their capacity is small because they don't have big pain capacity and those aren't you don't want to you don't want to follow those people let me hit you with this last quote you'll you'll grow only to the threshold of your pain man that one hit me that one hit me and so um i want to encourage every leader go out there and get this book pastor go out there and get this book i'm you know if i have the opportunity to i'm going to tell you know first year students in bible college go get this book if i when i meet a pastor who's stepping into a role for the first time go get this book let this undergird all of your ministry because it'll help you my wife and i we can tell you stories of of painful moments painful seasons we've had them in leadership i i remember one time um i was I was preaching and I used an, a, an, a story, not a story. It was a real life thing of, you know, uh, when we, when we had a miscarriage emotional, right? Like using my sermon and people, people were like, we had no idea. Yeah. We, we know that we didn't, we didn't tell you. Um, then word gets back to me that people were upset that I talked about it. And I was like, but how do you get upset that I used a story from our lives and shared it with you. I'm, I'm being open with you. This is a pain of leadership. And so now I'm able to look back and recognize that, you know what, we're going to go through those times. We're going to get through them. Okay, one last quote, one last quote. Um, At some point, you'll stop seeing pain as the enemy and make peace with it. Like Paul, you'll see pain as a surprising source of strength. God's power, Paul learned, is made perfect in weakness. That's in uh, 2 Corinthians 12 verse 9. I amazingly astounded at this book. Maybe I could have Samuel Chand on my podcast. I don't know. Anyway, this has been a long review. I'm recommending you to read this book. Go get it. In fact, I'm so... like. I think so highly of this book that I would actually buy it for somebody. Like I just like you just need this leader, pastor, whatever it is you do, whatever your title is in ministry, in leadership. Go get this book because it's good for you. All right, I'm done.